We were truly blessed by the choir this morning. I know a lot of y'all are probably thinking it would be a good time to say amen and sit down, but uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more this morning. This morning, as we come together, we're talking about, we're continuing in our series of True North, and we're talking about the shepherds and the angels this morning. Our scripture reading is from Luke chapter 2. We're going to be reading from verses 8 to 21. I invite you to join with me. Um, we're at, it's, it's coming, we're having some minor difficulties So if you would, uh, join with me as you read in your Bibles Beginning with verse 8 Now in that same region there were shepherds living in the fields Keeping watch over their flocks by night Then an angel of the Lord stood before them And the glory of the Lord shone round them And they were terrified But the angel said to them do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, <coughs> excuse me, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. And when they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. And Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. And when the eighth day came, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given to him by the angels before he was conceived in the womb. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So today we want to talk about the relevance of the shepherds. A lot of times we overlook a lot of the, the people in the uh, Christmas story, and the shepherds are some that were probably the easiest to forget. But they played one of the most important roles, and they probably did a lot more than we realized. So this morning, let's, let's talk about that. So in the deepest, darkest part of night, it was interrupted by the sounds of angels singing. This band of angels singing to the glory of God. Now, the shepherds were probably terrified, or we know they were, because the angels told them to fear not. And it's a wonderful passage because it allows us to put ourselves in the place of those shepherds that night. See, the, the angels are the ones that said that they were bringing glad tidings of great joy. The shepherds were the ones who had the privilege of hearing the angels speak and sing. And the question is, why did God in all his sovereignty choose the shepherds rather than royalty or maybe even merchants of that day? But he chose these night shift shepherds who were watching over the sheep. So I want us to examine that, and perhaps we can discover the qualities that God saw in them. Maybe he sees also in us. 
Now, a shepherd tends his flock, or he stays in the pasture with his sheep. If you go back and you look in the Bible, uh, some of you Bible scholars will remember that Abel was the first shepherd. Now, Abel was the son of Adam and Eve, and his sacrifice was accepted, and God made him a shepherd. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of Jacob's sons were also shepherds. So shepherds had already played a very prominent role in the life of uh, the early to-be Christians at that time. Because they were shepherds, they were not allowed to dwell anywhere near the Egyptians. Shepherds had to keep their distance. They were almost social outcasts because they were considered unclean. Uh, they were religious outcasts, as I said. And according to Jewish law, these men had to stay away from others most of the time. Their line of work actually prevented them from taking place in the feast and the parties and anything, uh, the holy days that were happening then for the Jewish people. Why? Because somebody had to take care of the sheep. Somebody had to be with them all the time. They could not be left alone. So they could not participate in any of this. They were out in the fields. They were watching over the sheep. Now, the shepherds were lonely people. They were lonely people when you think about it. They spent weeks away from the cities. They never saw people. They camped out in the fields with their sheep. And they had to keep moving because they had to keep the animals moving to uh, get fresh pasture. I don't know if you remember in, in our days out west when we had cowboys and all, but you've seen the stories of where the cattlemen and the sheep herders fought. They hated each other. There was a reason for that. When cows eat, they nibble the grass. When sheep eat, they pull. And they tend to pull up the grass and destroy pastures. So these shepherds had to constantly be on the move to find fresh grass for this. They were, most of them were tough. They were uneducated people. And they were accustomed to hard life. Uh, most were probably illiterate. And they were um, undefined. Now, people in the cities looked down on the shepherds. Um, again, I said they couldn't take place in any of the ceremonies, so they weren't around a lot of the people in the city. They were not even allowed to serve as witnesses in courts because of their tough lives that they lived. Now, in the Talmud, the Book of Law, it even said this. It said, no help should ever be given to a heathen or a shepherd. How would, you, how would you like to be put into that category? They had a very lowly position in society. Probably one of the lowest, if not the lowest position there was. And I want you to think about this. Don't want any answers. But think about what would be the worst job you could think of today. There's a lot of them out there. A lot of them that we wouldn't want to do. That's where you would place the shepherds. Um, they were looked down on. Like I said, whatever might have been in their hearts, they weren't able to participate in religious life because of the community. Um, as I said, they were probably borderline social outcasts. If any of you, I know some of you visited the Holy Land, and, and you see shepherds over there. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They're like nomads. Nobody's around them, and they have to travel all the time in their lives. They were constantly on the move. Um, 
I think people back then looked on them kind of the way that we would look on if they're still around. Gypsies and thieves. You remember the song by Sherry, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves? Well, that's probably how these shepherds were looked upon. Uh, they, they, didn't, they didn't have any standing in society. They were not even allowed to testify in a legal proceeding because their word was considered untrustworthy. I paint a picture of somebody here that you're going, what did God have on his mind, right? What did he do? Um, they were with those sheep. Think about this. Now, some of us say we work 24-7, 365. They truly did. They could never leave their sheep. They were with them at all times, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They watched the sheep while they grazed. They kept an eye out for predators like wolves. And at night, they even had to sleep with the sheep usually. Think about that. In the middle of, in the middle of a desert or a very arid area, here they were in the middle of their sheep to guard them against theft or animal attack. Now, it would be hard for me to believe, but it said a good shepherd could identify and know each of his sheep individually. Now, some of you have ridden by flocks of sheep before. Think about how difficult that would be. We're also told that the, she the sheep knew their shepherd by his voice, right? We're supposed to be that way. We're supposed to know God by his voice. And we're to follow him too. Um, so what was their initial reaction? Their first reaction we know was fear, right? Not fear over the announcement that was made, but just the fear of the angels appearing. How would you like to be in the middle of nowhere and all of a sudden an angel appears to you and then a host of angels? You know, I've always thought I wanted to see an angel, but I imagine I would be so terrified if I saw that type of angel. I feel sure that we've run into angels in human form. But a host of angels glorifying God and bringing the word would be pretty terrifying, I think. I think it would scare us all. Um, if you go back and you study the words around that surrounding and what happened, the Greek words signify that it means that you were seized by a mixture of reverent fear and awe. You were scared, but you were just held in awe and reverence of the time. And who wouldn't be an angelic appearance like that? Um, it was pretty amazing because when you think about this too, God had pretty much been silent on earth for the past 400 years. I want to remind you that at the end of the Old Testament to Habakkuk till we get to Matthew was 400 years. Now in most of our Protestant Bibles we don't have the Apocrypha. There are some Protestant Bibles that have the Apocrypha and that's a group of books. There's actually 80 books as a part of the Apocrypha but 14 of them <coughs> usually appear in some Bibles in some form. Why are they not in, in our Bible? Because they're not proven. They didn't make the cut when it came to putting them in the Bible. So there's some history there to give us some evidence from a historical perspective of what was going on. But for 400 years, the people on this earth did not encounter God like that. 
So it was a surprise. Um, not only were they surprised at seeing, I'm sure they were surprised by what was happening and it was happening then because they were definitely, as I said earlier, they were not considered part of the upper echelon of society. See, an angelic appearance would have probably been anticipated uh, or happened to religious leaders, but not to a bunch of shepherds. This was the greatest announcement in all of mankind, and it was given to the least likely to receive it. Now, you think about that. The angel came down and told him, do not be afraid. He said, a Savior to you has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And the good news is that this will turn our fear, our fear of trouble, our personal fear of the unknown, our fear of death into joy. It brings us joy of salvation, joy of the presence and the power of the Lord, and joy for future inheritance in heaven. The scripture tells us next that the angels gave a sign. They said, you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. A manger. You really know what a manger is? It's a feeding trough. It's not a baby bed. It's not something, it's a feeding trough. That would definitely be a distinct sign. Somebody that you expected to come as the savior of the world and they find him in a feeding trough. You normally wouldn't find a newborn baby in a smelly stable either, would you? So the sign would be unmistakable. Now, God is in the, in the uh, business of providing unmistakable signs all the time. Unfortunately, some people pass God's signs off just as they were some weird coincidence. If you listen closely and you watch, God is giving you signs every day in your life giving us directions, encouraging us to do things, signs that would help us to become the Christians he is wanting us to be. They didn't need this sign, though, to believe. The shepherds needed this sign only as a confirmation. Uh, and we see that principle of confirmation at other places in the Bible. When the disciples asked Jesus for a sign, it was to understand something or what to look for when they had a certain experience. But the religious leaders of that day uh, asked for signs out of skepticism and unbelief. Asking for a sign when clarification is needed is one thing, but demanding a sign in order for God to prove himself is not good. Do not raise a hand, but how many of you thought how many of you ever said, or maybe even prayed, God, if you will only do this? That's not a sign of confirmation. That's a sign of, of um, unbelief. It's a sign of asking God or demanding that he do stuff for us. Shepherds believe the angels, what they do? They followed the sign and they sought evidence of the birth of Christ Jesus. And because they did this, they experienced that very joyous event that undoubtedly changed their lives forever. Even today, those who ignore signs miss out on uh, the joy that would change your life forever. That's why we have to look. We do this today if we're not attentive, again, I'll say, to the signs that God gives us and the directions he places in our lives. Um, 
I think that's perhaps why God announced the birth of Christ through the shepherds. Or maybe it's because he compares the shepherds to his relationship with us as being his sheep, and he's our shepherd, right? David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Isaiah said, he shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom. And they shall gently lead those that are with young. Jesus is called the good shepherd. And he lays down his life for his sheep. In fact, God often told shepherds to uh, lead his people. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. So it's not insignificant that he chose shepherds. I think one of the main reasons that he called on the shepherds to carry the message to the world is that they were faithful. Um, the, the shepherds faithfully guarded their sheep, and as I've already said, they were always with their sheep, even at the pens at night. Can you imagine staying in the middle of a field with uh, a group of, or herd of sheep, Think about what you would have to go through. You'd have to brave the cold, right? You would have to, the moisture and the rain and, and sandstorms that took care of their flocks. Uh, but see, they could not pick or choose their circumstances or their situations. They had to remain faithful regardless. And they remind us of our faithfulness to God, I think. We also need to be faithful to God and to those that God has entrusted to our care. Isaiah asked this question long before Christ was ever born. He said, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And the answer comes in this passage. It was the shepherds. They believed. And then it says, not only did they believe, but it said they made haste and went to Mary and Joseph. They made an all-out effort. They didn't just take their time. Uh, someone said it's not good enough to be on the right track. You have to be moving or you're going to get run over. And these shepherds were in a hurry. They had to go see Jesus. They did not delay a bit. Um, they wanted to see the fulfillment of the good news which the angels had brought to them. Now, they could have waited. And I'm going to tell you something that I truly believe. I believe procrastination is one of the greatest weapons of Satan. Satan's not about trying to deny the birth of Christ or discredit the life of Jesus or his death or his resurrection anymore. But he tells everyone in this world, this unsuspecting world today, that you've got time. You can do what you want to in life. You can make the decisions you want. It's okay. You've got time. Um, you've got time to get ready before Jesus comes. And that's one of the biggest lies the devil can tell because we don't know when Jesus is going to come or when we're going to meet him personally as a result of what happens to us here on earth. We have to make haste to meet Jesus and to keep him in our lives. We have to be ready for the King of Kings no matter what. The last thing that... that the next thing I think the shepherds did is, is, as they were told, they shared the good news with others. 
they made known what they had been told concerning the child. Part of our commission is to tell others what we have seen and heard. Jesus tells the disciples, he said, that we're to be uh, witnesses for him, that we should run and tell people the good news. Not procrastinate, not delay. We should be ready to go quickly from the mountains high to the valleys low, whatever we do. We have to be able to tell people about Jesus. Um, but God decided to choose these people from the bottom of the social ladder to spread the news of the coming of Jesus. And they shared their testimony. And they said, born to us, a baby is born to save us from our sins. And here's what they did lastly according to Scripture. These lowly shepherds, nobody loved, social outcasts, downtrodden. It says they worshiped God in verse 20. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard as it was told unto them. What, I don't think you could conclude this story any better than having the shepherds worshiping God. Uh, after they made the good news known, they worshiped him. After they spread the gospel, they worshiped him. And I think this is something that we in the modern church today need to realize and we need to make sure we do too. We need to worship God. Now, we come to church and we praise God and we sing and we enjoy all the wonderful music and, and um, a lot of, mostly the sermons you hear, hopefully you enjoy them and you learn something from. But praising God is wonderful but God commands us to witness for him. He wants us to leave this church, no matter when it is, no matter what time of year it is. But I think especially during the season of Advent, he calls us over and over again to spread the good news, to spread the gospel. And we can do that in so many ways. We heard the gospel in song this morning. It was beautiful. We hear his words. We learn from teachers. We can go into the community and see Christ abundant in a lot of places, and we can spread his word. Um, we can rejoice not only on what God has done for us, but we can rejoice, I believe, in what we've done for God. He commands us to carry his gospel out. So I believe the shepherds were a wonderful testimony to the grace of God and the wonderful example of the modern church today. So, I'll leave you with this. As we prepare for the celebration of Jesus' birth, I want you to watch for signs and respond as God calls you, as an individual Christian, to answer him and to spread the gospel. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.